politics, pollen, and protecting the innocent. Today on the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. And as always, the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust, is made possible by Sullivan's at Brookstone, Anderson's best spot for lunch and dinner Thursday through Friday, and lunch on Wednesday through Sunday. That's right, Sullivan's lunch on Sunday at Sullivan's Brookstone. Check them out at Facebook and at Sullivan's at Brookstone or at Sullivan'sBrookstone.com. And don't forget the mothership downtown, Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill, serving Anderson for almost 20 years, the place that Bill Nickus came in and took a leap of faith and helped start the jumpstart, the renaissance of downtown Anderson, uh, widely recognized as one of the top restaurants in the entire South, always listed as one of the top two restaurants in the state. It's been written up in everything from Southern Living to the Wall Street Journal. If you haven't been to Sullivan's downtown, where have you been? Give them a try and tell them you heard about it right here on the Anderson Observer Podcast. News from people you trust. It has been another great week in Anderson, everybody, and the Bales Building is still standing more than a month after it was scheduled demolition date. Uh, termites could have part, uh, worked a little bit faster, I think, than this Miami firm that was hired to take the old building down. Uh, I think maybe they got a little overbooked or maybe they've been resting. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I said last week uh, that I think four Bubba's with sledgehammers could have already knocked it down. I think at this point, a team of uh, preschoolers with Tonka toys and maybe some matchbox uh, cranes and stuff could have taken the building down faster than this. The other possibility is that the ghosts that are still living in the building are fending for themselves and keeping the demolition folks off away so they can go one more time up the old escalator. Fastest escalator that there ever was right here in Anderson. Anyway, that, that building is still scheduled to come down any day, so if you're hearing lots of noise downtown, hope we can get it out of the way before too much longer. Spring is here. We're having the block party and those things. It would be nice to get that thing out of the way. It is spring. And it's really hard to tell what's filling the air more, pollen or politics. Um, Let's start with the loudest of the two, and that would be politics, since we get pollen every year. So I I guess technically that's not really news. But um, it is an election year, and we don't always have an election year. So let's talk about the elections and what's going on first. A lot has happened this week with runoffs and the deadline for filing come and gone. Of course, South Carolina Representative Mike Gambrell easily won the runoff for the South Carolina Senate District 4 seat left vacant by the sudden death of Senator Billy O'Dell, who did such a great job for Anderson County for so long for the whole district, but he was a real friend to Anderson County. Uh, Gambrell will fill the remainder of O'Dell's term, but that won't be very long. Unfortunately, he'll have to run again. Uh, He'll face his runoff uh, opponent, Williamson Councilman Rocky Burgess, again during the June Republican primary elections. Uh, So there's little time to rest on his victory. Glad to see, though, that the process worked and wish everybody best wishes in the primaries ahead. Now, Anderson County Council, which if you have been following what happened this week, was quite the uh, quite the spectacle Tuesday night. Um, the uh, Anderson County Councilwoman Gracie Floyd lost her cool a little bit and left the meeting. But um, there's suddenly a number of candidates in races for council. Uh, Craig Wooten, of course, who is running as a Republican for the seat being vacated by Councilman Francis Crowder, and, of course, we had Mr. Wooten on the Anderson Observer podcast, News from People You Trust, last time, will face Democrat Liz Carey. Uh, Both are newcomers to elected office, and since we talked to Mr. Wooten last time today, we talked to Liz Carey. All right, I am talking to Liz Carey, who is running for county council. Liz, what, what are you thinking? Oh, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's a little bit crazy, but other times I think I'm the only one that I can think of that's going to help. I'm sure that's wrong, 
but you know, maybe we need some sanity on council. It's a good reason to run. Now you're running for the seat that Mr. Crowder is uh, stepping down from. He's after serving. He's decided he's to let somebody else. And you're going to be running against Craig Wood. So it's just the two of you running, right? Right. So y'all will just face each other in the general election November. It's November eighth. Is that right? Because y'all are you're, you're running as a Democrat. Obviously. Um, so explain why you wanted to run, though. Give me, give me, give me some reasons. You've been in Anderson County a while now. Tell people about who you are and what you do and all that. Well, um, obviously, I moved here in 2007 to take a job as a reporter at the Independent Mail. Um, been here ever since. Brought our kids down, uh, and having them be here and watching them just sort of bloom from where they were um, when we came down, they're so different. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with. Um, the way that Anderson County loves children and supports children. You know, we have so many different resources for children, and um, the schools are great. Uh, the area is great. You know, we're two hours from everything, which is a good thing because then you don't have to be in everything all the time. But um, after a number of years with the Independent Mail, I left and became the vice president of the chamber. We got to see a lot of the stuff from the inside of what's going on inside of business and the, the struggles that businesses are facing. And um, my husband and I, since 2012, uh, we founded a group called Pints for the People that does um, St. Patrick's Day Parade, a zombie pub crawl, uh, uh, the Cotton Ball, which is a New Year's black tie masquerade ball, and a, a chef cook-off during the summer for Good Neighbor Covered. And we did those things because we wanted to raise money to, well, we wanted to have things that were fun to do, but we also wanted to be able to take the money that was made from those things and donate it to charity. So over the past three or four years, we've given away over $25,000 to charities in Anderson. And our goal was to make sure that it all stayed in the county. So it's not like going to the National Red Cross. It's going to the Anderson Free Clinic. Um, it's not going to, you know, National Cancer Association is going to the Tata Queens and the Anderson Cancer Association. So I really have fallen in love with Anderson County. There's so much here and there's so much potential and there's so much um, that we need to be doing to make sure that Anderson stays the way it is. I think when Francis Crowder last year said that he was surprised we had 33 parks and that instead of making sure that they were uh, accessible for all people. We should just shut half of them down. I, I was just, how can you say that? You know, there, there was a, a minute inside of me, I was like, I cannot believe that a politician would say that um, because it's important that we have that kind of quality of life. And then when we've got our, you know, all of these tax cuts and tax cuts and tax cuts, but we haven't seen any benefit from them. We've not gotten tax returns, but we're still not spending the money that we need to on our roads, and we're still not spending the money that we need to on our economic development and our tourism. So I thought maybe it's time that there's a new voice on council. You've never run for anything before? No. First, jump into the jump into the deep end. Yeah, if you're going to jump, <laughs> jump into the deep end with both feet and hope that you can tread water long enough to figure out what you're doing. Well, obviously, the urban district one, but also the whole county. What what strengths do you think you can bring? What and what are some of the things on your agenda that you you just mentioned a couple of things there, parks and roads and stuff? What else is on your? 
one of the things that I like to be able to do is I've been able to bring people together to get things done. You know, we did that at the chamber. Um, we do that with all of our pints for the people stuff. And I think that um, sort of being the person who's in the middle, I'm not extremely left, I'm not extremely right. Just sort of in the middle. I have a lot of very conservative fiscal policies, but, you know, I have a lot of acceptance for everybody, and I think that's what we really need. We need to stop looking at either whether they have an R or a D behind their name and start looking at everybody as people. Um, and I do think that Anderson County needs to focus on economic development, but I think that part of that is ensuring that we have given our tech schools and the colleges and the um, uh, different schools in Anderson County the support they need. If we don't have education for those pe for people to fill those jobs, they're not going to bring them here. And they're so highly skilled now. Um, we have companies in Anderson County that are trying to fill positions, and they can't find the people in Anderson County to take them because they don't have the skills. Um, so that's obviously an issue that we need to deal with. But we also need to look at the tourist trade and bringing people in for the lake and, and all of the different things in all of the different areas of Anderson. There's some great stuff here. There's amazing stuff here. Um, Depot Days in Iva, the Tennis Festival in Belton, the Standpipe Festival in Belton, Jubilee that just happened in Pendleton. And those things should be things that Anderson County as a whole is marketing to get people in from out of the county. I think that we... Uh, we have to get our infrastructure up to par. If our roads and transportation people come to us and say we need $75 million over the course of the next 10 years, we don't give them $1.5 million and say make do. Um, you know, we have to take care of those things for not just manufacturers who are transporting goods back and forth on the roads, but also for us. I mean, you know, nobody wants to hit a pothole and worry about whether or not you're going to lose your alignment or um, not be able to get to your house because your road's falling apart. You think a vehicle tax might be, because that, that keeps coming up every other year to, to cover that? Um, I think probably we need to look at the gas tax. Um, a third of the gas purchases in Anderson County and the state of South Carolina um, are paid for by tourists. People coming into the Clemson game, coming, people coming in you know, going through to the mountains or whatever. Um, and if they're going to use our roads, then I think perhaps they need to pay a part of that tax for it. I also think that we need to adopt a hospitality tax because those things are paid for not so much by us, but by other people who are using And the city's region. really prof profited from that. The city's really profited. And I think we're one of the few counties in the state who has not adopted the hospitality tax. Um, and those things... You know, hospitality tax would cover taking care of Kid Venture. That's another one of the things that just drove me crazy when, you know, when you've got a group of individual citizens who have to go out and raise forty to $100,000 in order to fix a park that's located on county property, I think that says something about where our priorities are. But God bless Julia Whitson, though. God bless Julia Woodson. She's yep. doing a tremendous job, as is the Rotary. Um, I think that, you know, and it's, a, it's something that I remember when my kids were using that park. That still 
you know, is this amazing, amazing place. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember when we first moved here, I remember Max looking at me, who Max is my youngest, and he's, you know, comes out and says, you're not going to believe what's written on the wall in here, Mom. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah, that, that, I helped build it. Uh, it's one of the people, you know, it was all volunteer built just about when they put the thing up. But the volcano was a bad idea. It was, it was too many hidden places, too many places to lose your little ones. That needs to come down. It's long overdue. But, yeah. Uh, he even told me the other day we were talking about it, and he said, Mom, I'm kidding, not kidding you. Pulling off those boards and finding a place that you could slip into that you was, weren't supposed to be, that was one of the best things. And I was like, oh, my God. That was not I, a feature. That's actually. not a feature. <laughs> you know, hiding from people is not what you want to sit in. Shifting gears a little bit, what about, you know, Anderson County is has more international companies invested than any other county. Uh, we got 50 companies from, I think, 23 countries. Uh, how important do you think that's going to be moving forward? There seems to be a lot of emphasis on international. People, like you were saying, it's a great place to live. It's a great place to live, and I think that as we continue to look at these international companies, we need to make sure that we have the quality of life to continue to bring those people. I get really tired of hearing people say, I'm going to Greenville for the weekend, or I'm going to go to Greenville to go out to dinner. We have so much here, and we need to make sure that people understand what we have here to keep them in Anderson. I would rather have people from Greenville saying, I'm going to Anderson for the weekend. Um, we know that all up and down the, the northern, northeastern side of Georgia from Tacoa to Elberton, you know, when they talk about going to the city, they're coming here. And it would be nice to have other people from other counties say that they're coming here and, and to have our international people come here and, and stay here. I mean, you know, having places like um, Ren Park for them to go to and, and some of the downtown restaurants just to make sure that we keep them in here. And it does present a challenge to Anderson County as well, though, because that international influence means different languages uh, in the school district. I remember there was one point in time when I was covering um, the schools in Anderson County, and the Anderson School District 1 had 32 different languages spoken in their schools. That's amazing. It is. It really is. And, and uh, I think as part of that, and it's, it's not sort of a segue, but in your experience when you were on Chamber, how important do you think it is for the city and county to work together? Because that sometimes seems to be a challenge coming from both ends. Well, the chamber had a, um, actually Lee Luff and um, some of the past presidents of the chamber had um, a coalition. They met once a month. It was the chair of council, the chair of city council, and the mayor or the or John Moore at that time, the city administrator, um, the legislative delegation, and members of the chamber, um, the president or whoever else they appointed to go. And they all talked about what was going on I think on they together. still have something like that going yeah. on. Yeah, it was um, started, I think, five years ago, four years ago. Um, but they all met together to, so that everybody knew where everybody was working together and what they were working on and how they could work together. I think that's really important for all of us to do so that we make sure that people start coming together and working together as a team as opposed to 
um, you know, the city wants one thing and the county wants another, and we're going Particularly to Particularly your that. district, which is almost all in the city. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal because, I mean, they're going to be things that need to be taken care of this, like, no, y'all do it, no, y'all do it. You know, it's that sort of, sort, of, sort of happened over the years. Yeah, yeah. And you look at uh, back in 2007 when we came here, um, the city was pretty deserted. And if you had told me back then, you're going to have a hard time finding a parking spot for dinner on a Tuesday night, I would have laughed at you. But now it's just thriving down there, and it shows. Um, garage is great, people. People forget the garage. It's yeah. free. It's easy. It's, it's close to Sullivan's, and you don't have to walk that far. It's a block, two blocks right. over. The garage is great, and there's tons of stuff to do down there. Right. And it's a gorgeous little place to you know walk through. Um, and well, in Greenville, I mean, you know, 20 years ago, Greenville wasn't that far ahead of where we are right now. I mean, that's it's just like you're saying, they had the people. I mean, you had Bill Workman and Max Heller and guys who were visionaries who had clout and power and were willing to use it to do that. We have a lot of features downtown. This is kind of getting off our county council topic, but, you know, the, the underground area that's really sound could be really developed into something nice. Uh, I still don't understand why Carolina Wren Park doesn't have a sponsor. I keep talking about that. Hmm. It should be Verizon, Carolina Wren Park, and then five years it could be AT&T. Whoever wants to give us a couple million dollars to use for those funding purposes. Yeah, wouldn't But they're opposed to it. There's opposition to it. Every time that comes up, nobody wants to put... Yeah. Well, there's, you know, so many opportunities in Anderson. I mean, look at the Green Pond Landing. I it's mean, doing great, too. It's continuing to grow, and money keeps coming in for it. And The money that we spent on that has already been recouped to some extent just because of the economic um, impact of those fishing tournaments. Mm -hmm. And as much as I love fishing tournaments, you know, and they're great for Green Pond Land and they're great for Anderson County, there's so much more opportunity with the lake between, what was it that came through a couple of years ago, the X Games, you know, where they mm -hmm. were doing all the stuff on the water and boating tournaments and I mean, boating events. And um, there's just a ton of stuff that we can do to really take advantage of that man-made resource. Right. Um, Civic Center is another... Civic Center. And, I, you know, if you don't see it, it's not as... You know, we don't have these huge headlining acts coming Well, it's because it we didn't build it right. I've told right. you this before. It was, oh, yeah. Uh, I was an editorial page editor back when they did the study that was looking into building an auditorium here, and they said if you built a 12,500-seat arena... It would be completely into black in four years. You build a trade show floor, red ink 15 years out and beyond, but the people who wanted it wanted a trade show floor. And you can't compete against whatever it's called now, TD Center, Palmetto Expedition, or I don't know, whatever they call it now. Mm -hmm. You're never going to compete. It's too big. Right. You're not going to compete against it. And people, it's been there forever. And But we could have kept Bilo from the Bilo, well, the Bond Secure Wellness Center would never have been built. Bilo Center would never have been built if we'd built our arena there. So that kind of thinking ahead stuff. And I do think we have more of that now than we had in the 80s here. Certainly right. people are, and you're walking, if, if you should get elected, you're walking into a much more unified council than even five years ago. Yeah. You know, I've been a reporter for 25 years and um, I've covered city councils and county councils, some that get along well, some that don't. I was there in Highland Heights, Kentucky when the vice mayor slugged another one of the city council members. And it's still used, that whole part of uh, 
the video of that is still used, as far as I know, in uh, political science courses at NKU. But uh, I think that, you know, we have come a lot in bringing people together in the past decade or so that I've seen and been able to research. And the, the Civic Center has changed. You know, um, there was a time that you could have housed a rest community in there and people, senior citizens could have taken a nap every day in there because it was so empty and so quiet. But now that thing is full. I mean, you know, you go in to look at the schedule and um, Terry Gaines will show you there's something in there almost all the time. Those folks working out there do a good job, no question. Yeah, there's there's tournaments going on and soccer and baseball and tennis. There's something always going on there. I mean, I would love to see uh, Shakespeare in the Park at the amphitheater. If we could get, or, you know, even plays, we can get people to fill out that amphitheater lawn. Um, celebrate Anderson. It's a great, great night. And being able to be out there on the lawn and relax and fireworks and great music, it's just a really, really great time and a great use of that resource. It would be great to see more of that happen. Mm -hmm. um, but we've come so far from where we were, but we need to start taking those next steps to continue that growth. And one of the clouds still hanging over is the Joy Preston stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know how well you knew Joey, but I know um, it's it should. They, we were told at one point that the courts would have a ruling by the end of 2014, and here we are, 2016, headed toward the middle of it, and still. Um, 14 cases all ruled in favor of Preston. Uh, I think uh, Councilman Tom Allen just basically said, there's no new evidence. Why don't we think, you know, he was one of the ones who made a case. Let's just, because now the county's facing, if they do come back and rule as the last 14 did, the very real and probably un, unavoidable uh, countersuit to pay all legal expenses for Preston, which will be another million dollars, so. We'll be into this thing five to six million dollars before it's over with. Yeah. Um, if it comes back up, how would you vote on? <laughs> well, you know, I grew up in Kentucky. I grew up a UK basketball fan, and of course, there was always this uh, rivalry with Indiana University and Bobby Knight. And one of the jokes we used to say was, "Mrs. Knight, after a couple of years, looked at Bobby and said." The horse is dead. Get off it. And I think that's where we are. I mean, you know, you can say some kid stole a bicycle and we need to investigate to make sure who stole that bicycle. If a crime's committed, you need to investigate it to the best of your ability and see if you can't solve it. But I don't think that, you know, if a kid steals a bicycle, we need to put every single detective on the force on it and carry that investigation out for seven years. We've gotten to a point where we have to you know, cut bait and let go. Um, I, it's done. You know, they've made the rulings. They've said what they need to say. We don't have any new investi in information. And all of the information that we thought we had didn't mean hell beans. So, um, yeah, it's time to cut bait. Yeah, I, I have no connection. People used to ask me all the time, I don't, Mr. Preston and I are not friends. I've never had a meal with him. Don't other than a professional interview here or there over the years, don't know the guy, but when 14 judges tell me you didn't break any laws, I'm just guessing you didn't break any laws. Well, People I'm, don't have to like you. 
you know? Yeah. But you don't get to sue somebody because you don't like them. I was one of the people that, um, boy, at Anderson County, uh, sent a Freedom of Information Act request to Anderson County to get a hold of all those credit card records. And I went through all those credit card records. And I got made, the notebook. Yeah. yeah. I made. That was a this, big notebook, wasn't it? Yeah. I made this huge Excel spreadsheet of all of these expenses for all of these dinners that didn't have any indication as to who they were for or what they were for. I wrote in the newspaper that he spent $5,000 at East City Java taking people out for coffee. Two weeks after I wrote that piece, Joey Preston invited me out and wanted to buy me a cup of coffee at East City Java. I'm like, you can't do this. You can't do this. And I used to tell him all the time, don't. And said, just quit handing the torches to the villagers. You know, you're already the monster. Just stop mm. doing stupid stuff. Right. Um, but I could never find anything that he did that was illegal. Right. It may have been stupid, but that doesn't mean that it's illegal. Oh, our jails aren't big enough for stupid. <laughs> yeah, our jail enough. is barely big enough for the it's ones we got. It's not big enough, yeah, for uh, simple possession, much less stupid. It's uh, all right. Shifting gears, we get away from that because we can't solve that. Nobody's been able to solve that one. That's one of those. That's a. Yeah. yeah, a Rubik's cubes with the missing color block. So, <laughs> um, all right, I'm just gonna let you. T- all right, it's one of those corny kind of. All right, if, if you're elected, what are you gonna do for District One? What can you do to make District One happy that you're their council person? I think that probably the first thing that I want to do is um, look into the roads and the county roads here in Anderson County and in District One. I also want to look at. Um, economic development and trying to um, increase our marketing of Anderson County. I want to look at the new county TV station. I think it's a great idea. There's a lot of ways that we don't get information in Anderson County, and I think that that county television channel is a wonderful way to um, advertise even to our own people what it is that we have going on in the county. Um, so those are those are probably the first three things that I want to look at. I want to make sure that we have um, the quality of life that that we all really want. Well, they don't have to vote on you in the primary. You're clear. Clear. You don't save your money. Well, there's a lot of people that said you need to run as a Republican. You can't win in Anderson County if you're not a Republican. Well, what do you think of straight ticket voting? That is one of those things that comes up. Uh, I've made it pretty clear over the years, both at the Observer and on the radio and other places, that I think we're one of 11 states left that allow it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people will want to arm wrestle you over it. But it makes no sense to me. Particularly... Uh, Local elections should be nonpartisan. I think I know the city is nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why the county couldn't be a nonpartisan election as well, where you vote for a person. I don't like the idea of being able to push a button. And I know, you know, let's face it, it's not Republicans or Democrats. Neither one of them wants to change it because when the pendulum swings, they want it to be in their favor. But I think 60 something percent in the last Anderson County election voted straight ticket. That's one push of a button for a slate of candidates that may or may not represent. Well, I'm all for as many people as possible getting out and just voting. Now, Anderson County has around 190,000 people. Of those, half of them are registered to vote. That, to me, is so sad. Um, 
not because I don't feel people are being responsible, but it's such a gift to be able to have a say in your community and have a say in who runs your community. I'm the type of person that I don't vote party. I vote person. Um, I'm a Democrat, but of the candidates who are out there for president, I think Kasich is the one who is sane and is able to win. Um, I love uh, uh, Mike Gambrell. I'm so glad to see that he um, is going to run again, though. And yeah. Eight weeks or whatever. And he's I'm yeah, still good, though. Yeah. Still good. Um, I think that uh, that you vote the person, not the party. And of course, everybody who's a Republican's out there saying, of course, she's going to say that she's a Democrat. But um, straight ticket voting. Of course, you know, if you go back, if you if you could rewind 50 years. It's going to be the Republicans to say, of course you say that, you're a Democrat, because it's all Democrats here. Back. Yeah, well, you know, and the thing of it is, is I, I, everybody said, run as a Republican, run as a Republican, and I thought about it for a while, but anybody who knows me knows, you know, I come from a long, long line of Democrats, and my ma, my dad and my grandma would be rolling over in their graves if I, there was an R behind right. my name. Not because they didn't identify with some of the qualities of the, the Republican Party, right. but because we've we've always been sort of there, but for the grace of God go I. Um, and that's central to the core of who I am. And if I were to run as a Republican, people would call me out on it and say, no. Give you me could have said you're an Eisenhower Republican, though. <laughs> I could have run as an independent, but then nobody would, you know. Yeah, you can't get, well, and that, but you mentioned that, and the percentage of the people who are registered that vote in this county is pretty small. Yeah. Uh, people do like to make a lot of noise about politics, but those you read poll after poll after poll, this many people say this, but then half of that number votes. It's just crazy. Uh, when they, I think one of the most recent uh, um, things that really highlighted how it can be in other places is when, you know, Scotland, their first vote for independence, I think another one's coming, the Scottish National Party's just yeah. called. 94% of the people voted. 94%. That's participation in government, and that's when you have a voice, when you can get that kind of, that you say, you know, almost a little over 9 out of 10 people voted for this, so we know this is a mandate, you know? Right. Well, and, you know, we had our county council, when some of them came in, they said this is obviously a mandate from the people. Well, if you've got 190,000 people in the county, only 99,000 to 100,000, it's right in there, around 99.5, are registered to vote, then already 50% of the population is representing everyone in the county. But if only 20% of that 99,000 shows up, really it's 10% of the population that's telling the people what to do. And if at 10%, 60% of those vote for the candidates, then 6% of the population is telling is running the county so that's not a mandate that's luck right and i i, I uh, my husband when we first met 25 years ago god love him for putting up with me that long but uh, when we first met he didn't think that one vote made a difference he said, you know, it's not what I do and what I vote, how I vote isn't going to mean diddly. So around that time, Quebec was um, voting on whether or not to secede from 
I think it's Ontario. Yeah, With, yeah, of their yeah, province yeah, 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 in province. Canada. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <clears throat> so I made him watch. And you could watch the voting go back and forth within 10 votes of each other. And you think about Marshall Matter, was it Marshall? No, Bob Austin. When Bob Austin ran, right. he lost by eight votes. Yeah. So every vote counts. Every vote was going to make a difference. And I think that, you know, I'd, I would rather we not have voter ID laws because I'd rather have as many people as possible voting. Right. We all have a say in how much um, money we spend. And if you don't vote, then you don't get the right to complain. One other thing I meant to ask you, and that's been, I think this is my last question. Uh, intentionally or not, you represent sort of the new Andersonians. And we have a lot of folks moved here from all over the country. You know, you've been here 10 years. Um, and I was thinking back, and I may be wrong, but I, if I'm not, I think you'd be the first person elected to county council that wasn't local at least relatively local. Maybe they were born in Abbeville, moved to Anderson, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, do, you, do you think that's an important thing for the county as we move ahead? Because one of the things I've always said is getting diversity and also getting, I want to get some younger people on here too, you know? Yeah. I think we have to have youth. We have to have diversity. We have to have that in um, our council and in all of our uh, dealings in the, the county and in state government. Because it is a fact of life. Um, it's the new South. It's a brand new South. The um, cost of living in Anderson and in South Carolina is so much cheaper than in you know Ohio, in um, Illinois, in um, you know New York, and places where it got yeah. California. And every day I run into people who have come here from. Ohio, Kentucky, Virginia. Uh, my husband works for Charter, and you know he comes back and tells me every day about stories of people who have moved here. And I know that the popular expression is, you know, if you don't like it here, move back. But um, there is a whole new South developing, and I, <clears throat> although I've had people tell me that I'm not from the South because I'm from Kentucky. My feeling is I am actually a Southerner because if Southern Living says you're from the South, you're from the South. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't realize I were making rules, but that's interesting. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'll do it. That's my story. Yeah, the Kentucky Derby, it. they act awful Southern on Kentucky Derby time. They do. And, you know, um, I grew up uh, learning how to shoot a gun in the hills of uh, Irishman Creek down there, um, London and Hazard. So, yeah, I think I'm pretty well Southern. Well, I'm, I'm glad to see people stepping up and trying to do something for the county. And uh, appreciate you talking. I'm trying to talk to all the candidates we can on these races that want to talk. Some of them don't want to talk at all. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, I had talked to Craig um, last time and talking to you this time and trying to get them at least close enough together so people can listen and... Uh, Hope you have a good run. I do too. And I'll talk to you later. I appreciate all the candidates taking time to sit down and talk to us about their uh, run, especially this early in the race. Although the uh, primaries are coming up, but the, the race for county council seat for District 1 won't come up until November 8th. So those folks have a long time to talk about their policies, and, 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 and Wooten and Kerry both will have plenty of time to do that. And they'll we're welcome back on the Observer podcast anytime they want. Other county council seats with opposition include two challengers. 
uh, former Councilman Eddie Moore and Iowa businessman Ray Graham, who are trying to get the District 3 seat held by Mitchell Cole, and that will be decided in the Republican primary in June. And then Gracie Floyd, who had quite the week, is facing um, several candidates that two have run against her before, Frank Presley and Larry Bright. And then there's Maurice Martin, who has not run for council before. But Presley and Martin will face Floyd in the Democratic primary, and Bright, who's Republican, will face the winner of the Democratic primary in the November 8th general election. So it's good to see people wanting to get involved in government at the county council level. No real news in the sheriff's race. Same folks are still running. Current Sheriff John Skipper is looking for a third term. Uh, former Sheriff's Department spokesman Chad McBride is seeking uh, the, the office of sheriff. And so is um, the former South Carolina Highway Patrolman uh, Jeremy Pickens. You'll see a lot of the signs around. So the sheriff's race will, will be interesting. Didn't look, no Democrats announced, so it'll be a race decided pretty much by the, other than write-ins, by the uh, June primaries for the Republican primary among those candidates. Uh, there are also no new candidates in the Tenth, Cir- the Tenth Circuit Solicitor's Race. This microphone is acting up. Where there's still three candidates, all Republicans, looking to replace Solicitor Chrissy Adams, who is not seeking a fourth term because of health problems. Uh, Anderson County uh, Deputy Solicitor Raymond Campbell is running. David Wagner, who's in charge of the Tenth Judicial Circuit Oconee County Office. And Wilson Burr, who resigned his post as Chief Public Defender in Oconee County at the end of 2015 to run for this office. I plan on having each of these guys in to talk about why uh, they want to run for solicitor and what they think needs to happen with a solicitor's office and their cooperation with law enforcement. That should be interesting as we get them on in the weeks ahead. I will also continue to update you on all the races as we get closer to the primary and then to the general election. And I intend to continue having all the candidates who want to come on to the Anderson Observer podcast, News from Poopy You Trust. Every one of them is being invited, so I hope to get to talk to all of them. Now, in other news, there's another huge fishing tournament in Anderson this weekend at Green Pond. That seems to be an almost every week event now. The American Bass Anglers Race Scott Championship has about 300 fishermen out there uh, and women. Uh, that's more than 160 boats, and they're competing at the final weigh-in Sunday at the Civic Center. The final, they'll, they'll narrow the field down every day. The top 50 uh, competitors will win money. The, I think number 50 will get at least $1,000, and, of course, the money goes up from there. The But by Sunday, there'll be the final 25 uh, anglers, and they'll compete for the big money. And the final weigh-in will be at the Anderson Civic Center on Sunday. And those weigh-ins are fun. If you've never been to one, they're pretty dramatic, watching them these huge bags of fish. And um, the, the the bass are biting on Hartwell, folks. They've been bringing in really big bags of fish. Now, the down, downtown block party got started this week, in case you missed it. And they got pretty good weather, you know, for them. A little sprinkle, but nothing bad. Relatively great weather for the season kickoff because they've had some weather problems with the block party. Block party is a great thing. Kerry Jones and his folks, Main Street Block Party, they do a great job bringing in music. A time for fun. It's all free. And from now until fall, every Thursday night downtown at Carolina Rim Park, there's something to do, something fun. And... Again, like I said, it's all free. I did a drive-by this week and didn't get to spend much time down there, but I hope to get out more this season to see all the wonderful stuff down there. It's a great place to see your friends and neighbors. Uh, kids can play. Just a nice place. Carolina Rim Park's a really, really nice place. They've done a good job down there. Now, festival season is also underway, and it was kicked off in grand style again this year with Pendleton's annual Spring Jubilee. If you've not been to the Jubilee, plan on going next year. Go ahead and mark it on your calendar. The weather this year in Pendleton was absolutely perfect. The crowds were record-setting, and the Village Green was just full of art and music and life and a lot of kids and families and folks just having a really good time. 
Uh, a lot of those folks have been attending the festival since it started nearly 40 years ago. Others are making it a part of their spring ritual and, and coming back every year now. It brings in people from all over the South. Had a great time. Even got a sunburn, but it was worth it. And it is listed as one of the top small fest festivals in the South. So if you haven't been to the Jubilee in Pendleton, you missed a good one this year. Lots more festivals coming up. Uh, we'll talk about those as they get closer. But if you're a regular listener to the Anderson Observer podcast, News from People You Trust, you know that we are ardent supporters of any group or individual who's doing anything to make Anderson a better place. And one such person is Tracy Bowie. At the Foothills Alliance, she's been helping children who are victims of abuse in Anderson for a long time. And their work is heart-wrenching, tough, and a really difficult place to raise funds since the work is so delicate and they have to take care of protecting the identities of their children. Uh, Tracy is director, executive director of the Foothills Alliance, and I talked to her this week. You've been doing this a while now. Uh, about four years. Yeah. Uh, just to remind everybody, I want it to come out of your mouth rather than me tell them, to remind people what Foothill Alliance does, what you're involved in. Um, Foothills Alliance is the local sexual trauma center um, and child advocacy center, and we do child abuse prevention. So we work with any families um, that have been victims of sexual assault primarily. And you are the ones that law enforcement calls and yes. hospital calls if they get somebody in the emergency room. And yes. You'll have to send somebody down there. We do. We're 24-7 um, on call for And yet none of victims. those places are paying for a staff member for you guys. To, oh, no. No. The hospital's not staffing you guys. And no. And the sheriff's department's not staffing you guys. No. We so do all that. funding is from local folks that are given and... Right. Right. And from um, other funding sources that we have and, and things, grants, grants and that we write and things like that. But we um, rely heavily on the com um, community to be able to support us to keep us going. And I know you face a lot of challenges raising funds that some of the other nonprofits don't face because it's, it's harder to, you know, for your, the folks you serve to be public about being helped here because that's obviously very sensitive. and Right. We are um, held to a really high standard of confidentiality here, so um, we make sure we keep that um, up front and foremost for our clients so that we, they don't have to worry about that. Um, we do sometimes have some folks that are willing to share their stories, but um, oftentimes not because primarily the people that have become victims of sexual assault, it's done by somebody that they know. Um, so that makes it harder for them to be able to come forward about that in the first place, but then to talk about it to others is really difficult. So we do have a very sensitive um, nature of work, and so, yeah, it does make it a little difficult. And plus, folks don't want to talk about the kind of things that we do. They don't want to think about that those kind of things happen. Um, happen that, a lot. Y'all yeah, serve yeah, a lot of kids here, right? We do. We do. We see... Um, Probably over 300 kids a year wow. um, through our child advocacy center. So, And you do this for the huge salary, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, right. We, we, uh, this is a huge joke, y'all. I know she doesn't make any money doing this. You do this because you have a passion for this, right? Yes. And this is something yes. that you wanted to do, and you found your home here doing it. And y'all have really helped a lot of people. You hear people talking about it, you know. If, if many if many people were talking about y'all were giving you a dollar, you'd be... Yeah. In better shape. Yeah, we would. We'd be in good shape. <laughs> well, that's one of the things I did want to talk to you about. you got a big fundraiser coming up. We do. And that's the 16th. Oh, don't help me out. We um, we have two this month for um, our Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. Yeah, one is in um, Seneca. It's on April 14th. Okay. And then we, the one in Anderson is on April 28th. 
28th. Okay, that's mm -hmm. the, so the Seneca one's the 14th. Yes. And so, so y'all serve a broad area then? We do. We point. serve Anderson and Oconee County. Okay. Now tell people what Walk a Mile in Her Shoes is if they haven't never heard of it. Um, it's an international fundraiser for sexual assault. Um, started to help raise awareness for um, victims of sexual assault to get men involved because men have to be involved in this process. Plus to actually um, show that men are victims of sexual assault too, that it's not just women that we see. Um, so it's a... Um, International fundraiser that people do all over where men actually come and walk in women's heels. And so we'll have a, um, a group of, of men um, and some women who will be supporting them and just do a short little walk around um, downtown and help raise awareness. I know in Anderson, you've had some funny ones before. I remember the sheriff and his red high heel shoes yes. and y'all had some pretty funny if somebody's just curious as how how it's funny now that one's the 28th that's yes which is still creeping up on it's pretty quick it is and what time will that be down seven seven o'clock we'll start at seven o'clock right. and it'll be um in conjunction with the downtown um block party so okay. we'll be there um when they take a break there around seven ish we'll It'll be start walking around and, carolina rain park we'll and, be careful and, on those ramps yeah with high heels on. yeah no, yeah have y'all done it at the park before we have we've okay, been doing that, that um for the last two years there wow. so yep I'm behind. Yeah, yeah. I'm behind. Now, people can find out, the best place to find out about is Facebook, the easiest way to... Yeah, we have um, some event pages um, on our Facebook so page. Foothills Alliance and... is your Facebook page, yep. right? Yep, And they'll tell, and they'll push you to the website, too, that'll tell people, right? Yes, yep, and our website um, has the information, too, so... And tell people how to give? Yes, of course. So, other than people, like, giving money, which is a big deal, I'm not saying, and, and people, again... It, it, People don't realize the power of of numbers uh, when it comes to if somebody just said, "Well, I could, you know, I can give a dollar or five dollars." If you multiply it across the county, you're talking about some real support, right? I mean, if you could get fifty cents from every citizen in the county a year, that's you know, that's a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it'd make a big difference in y'all's budget. It would. What, how else can people get involved if they want to help you out here? I know you need volunteers sometimes. Right? We always need volunteers um, to serve on call, to help us with our crisis calls, and also go into the emergency room because, like I said, that's 24-7. And y'all train them. Um, we do. We train them to be able to handle those calls. Um, and it really is just an advocate position. You don't need any prior experience or training in anything, um, just compassion. And we'll we'll train you for the rest of it. Um, we, and then we always need people just to do things around the office, help around. You have to um, watch the other kids sometimes buildings. if there's some, right? You have we do. Um, we have some folks that come in that help us with um, watching the children during different times. We also have to talk to the parents. Um, so it's good to have folks around that can help do some of that stuff too. So. Now, um, they need to be 18? Is that... Uh, primarily we, we do, um, 18 and up just for, right. again, for confidentiality purposes. So, okay. Volunteer and giving money. Anything else people can do? Spread the word? Um, yeah, spread the word. Um, always looking for opportunities to be able to come and speak to groups about what we're doing. Let people know about the services as we provide. Um, then we also have needs lists of things that we need. And those are um, usually on our website as well too. So. Okay, so y'all, you or somebody here is available to come out and speak to the clubs yes. and churches and stuff like that. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's good. So the need keeps growing. 
Unfortunately, it does. And budgets don't grow as fast as they need. Ever. No, no, they do not. Is now so Facebook's the best place. If they need to call, can they call here? Yes. What well, give them phone number? Absolutely, it's eight six four two three one seven two seven three. And you are on East Calhoun Street. Yep. Been here four years or longer. I mean, longer than. Yeah, I think it's been longer than that. That the um that the agency's actually been in this location. So. All right. Well, Tracy, I hope the event, well, maybe we'll catch up. I mean, I can call you or come back by right before the, the big event in Anderson, but we were, we do have some folks that listen from Seneca. We'll remind them that one's coming up even quicker. Yes. And uh, they need to get registered or they just want to show up in some shoes and give you some money. That'll work too. Won't yep, it? that'll be great. And all that information is on Facebook. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, all Tracy. right. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. If you're not already supporting some local organization and are looking for someone to support, Foothills Alliance is more than deserving of your effort. You can donate, volunteer. Ask your church or civic group to allow them to come in and speak and tell about the great work they're doing and, and what a tough, tough work it is. I would love to see uh, ANMED or maybe the Sheriff's Department have a full-time employee who could meet some of these victims and help out when these things happen because Foothills Alliance is always there and they're always on call to take care when those kind of things happen. And you hate to think those things happening, but it's even more horrifying to think of something like that happening and nobody being there for those children. So we really appreciate Tracy and all the folks that work at Foothills Alliance and all the great work they do. Well, next week, we're going to talk to more candidates, and Anderson County Economic Development Director Burris Nelson is going to be here to talk about the growth of the international investment in businesses in Anderson County. In case you didn't know, we are the top county in, in the state of South Carolina for international investment. Fifty businesses from 23 countries have chosen to call Anderson home, so we truly have become an international spot, and it's no no real surprise why a great place to live, great quality of life. And I know those are some things that are high on the, the agenda as we move forward with the county's budget and some other things. Uh, the county finance committee is meeting this afternoon and beginning to look the preliminary look at the budget for the 2016-2017 year. And I know quality of life and economic development go hand in glove, and they're looking to do more to support those things as we move ahead. All those things next week. And also, Amos Wells should finally return to answer your gardening and lawn questions. I already have a lot of questions but you might could still get one in if it's really good. Send it to askamos at andersonobserver.com. I know a lot of you have missed Amos over the winter. There wasn't a lot uh, going on in our gardens, but it's, it's prime time again now. And I know a lot of people have been asking me when Amos was going to be back on. So Amos will be back with us next week answering your questions. So I hope you'll join us then on the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. And until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place. <laughs>